Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dirt and Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering voicelessly. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland's Sports Leader. That is uh, 1080 AM, The Fan. 1080, The Fan is really what they call it. Uh, but for those confused, uh, it's 1080. We should have a catchy jingle. 1080, The Fan. No, no good. Okay. Let's go leave that there. The Odyssey app in 99.5 HD2. <laughs> uh, if you want to catch us there. Somebody make a jingle for us, man. I want a jingle. I love a good catchy jingle. I got a jingle for you. Empire. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're just throwing out random jingles now. I love it. Now I got a bunch of them rattling around in my head. I got a jingle for you. Okay, Put what do you got? us on FM. Oh, that'd be a good jingle. I like that jingle. We're one of like six stations in the country still on an AM dial. <laughs> yeah, you know, that'd be great. That'd be nice. That'd be ideal. We want to go to FM. He's a part of our company likes leaving us on AM. They're like, let's see so. those guys on the AM. Watch them struggle. Watch <laughs> them fight and scrap and claw for everything they get. I want to think of some older person moving his rabbit ears to even get that, that radio station to work. I lost it. You're blending in with a Spanish radio station. What's <laughs> happening here? Come back. I have had us blend in when I lived in Oregon City. There'd be certain points of Highway 213 where our station would blend into something. Oh, the good old blend is fun. When you're on AM radio and you start blending when you're driving around, oh, it's entertaining. You got, I got two things going at once. Which one's going to win out? It's a battle of the signals. <laughs> who's going who's gonna to win this vicious fight? Uh, we have Brady Henderson of ESPN fame. Uh, covers the Seahawks. Going to join us at 730. Who would have thought at week seven we would have... The biggest game in the National Football League is the Giants at the Seahawks. There is nobody alive that would have believed you if you said that. No, I, I certainly would not have. I thought the Giants were going to suck, and I sure as hell thought the Seahawks were going to suck. I this thought the year. Seahawks would be a bottom five team. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so far looking like an absolute moron, and Seahawks fan has every right to troll me on that. I do want to ask Brady if he thinks this is viable. Is this long term, like legitimately, they're a playoff team, or is this. They're catching some teams, and, you know, like, you beat the Lions. The Lions are 1-5. You played the Falcons, you got waxed at home. Like, who are – you played the Niners when they were healthy, you got absolutely obliterated. You did. But then you won at New Orleans. Like, I just – I guess I want to ask, like, Brady, how legitimate he buys the Seahawks. I asked for the break, and maybe this just breeds into college football, and I think that's what your answer is going to be. But surprise me if you can Cal, Oregon this weekend, you look at every metric. There's just not a path – for me, 
where Cal is really that close here. Now, you can go, well, last year and the year before. And I, I'd say, yeah, you're right. But what we've seen so far, as Bo Nix and Kenny Dillingham do an interview with Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, what we've seen this year is this is a different team, man. This is a different system, different players, just a different vibe. And so I, I actually, I'm going against the grain of the BetQL model. I don't think this is going to be all that close. I think Oregon will pull away. I think actually having it in the afternoon is better than playing a night game in Berkeley. And so I think Oregon's going to comfortably win. And you're doing the thing that most Duck fans and, and largely almost all fans do every week. I'm nervous. I don't know. What if this happens and that happens and it's weird and something bad happens? You're nervous for this game. I don't know if nervous is the right word. I, I think you're always on high alert in college football. Now, if you're asking me when will that high alert go away, it will go away next week. But it didn't go wait. I will not sell you anything on Colorado and any high alert there. They, they will win that game by 742 points. But it didn't go away against a very, very bad Arizona team. No, to me, first, I wasn't a, I wasn't very nervous going into that game. I was more nervous about the Stanford game, and that ended up being stupid because they blew out Stanford. I just, I think it's the notion that because something has happened before, it's going to continue happening. Right. And that's not the reality in football. We know that. And teams, teams have clunkers. There's games where you just don't show up for whatever reason. Like I'll point no further to uh, however many weeks ago it was now when Georgia went on the road to Missouri, who is not a good football team. They are below 500 and one and three in the SEC. And they were losing for the majority of that game and had to pull it out of their rear end in the fourth quarter and a come-from-behind win. Probably should have lost it. They Probably were on the goal line and they fumbled away and Georgia got it and they didn't look back. So those are the kind of games that are always in your mind. And anybody who's watched college football long enough, especially when your program is at this level now where all these playoff conversations are happening again, like you're just looking for traps. Where is the trap out there? Yeah. Do I think Oregon's going to lose this game? No, I do not think Oregon's going to lose this game. I think the notion that I was saying, and that was on the BeckQL model, like if you tell me they go down there, they get off to a sluggish start because they're coming off a big win, and you look at the end of the first quarter and it's like 7-3, to three, and you're like, eh, what's going on there? But then maybe eventually they pull away whether they cover or not. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't just nothing but duck touchdowns and nothing but cow punts. Um, and, and I think there's also the history there where Justin Wilcox has had their number of times. Yes, he has. Defensively over the years. Now, yep. it's a bit of a different offense, right? New faces, new offensive coordinator, new head coach. So we'll see if that translates. But he has been able to slow down Oregon's offense kind of no matter who the coach or coordinator has been uh, over the years. And, and that is what is in the back of my mind as well. I think the good thing for Cal, at least going into this game, is their rush defense has so far been pretty legitimate. Their defense is not bad. Their issue is offense. Well, their defense isn't great, though. Their pass defense is awful. Uh, it's it's 12th. It's worse than Oregon's. And Oregon's is a little, a little misleading, but I actually thought Oregon was pretty good last weekend defensively for what they did. I know they... UCLA score, but they held them to field goals, right? They, there was a bend-don't-break. They got stops when they needed to. Cal's defense is absolutely susceptible to Oregon getting carving them up, especially through the air. But you also have the best offensive line in football, which makes me kind of second look at that those rush numbers for Cal and go, is it going to hold up, though, against this offensive line? And, uh, you know, Wilcox, to his credit, last year, you know, you go back to that game, Cal was driving, mm -hmm. they got near the goal line, and they just came up short. They were really damn close to winning that or to tying that game late. Yeah, it was 24-17, and Kayvon took over and made a bunch of crazy plays in right. the last two minutes. But I think the difference for me, in, and we'll get to Dan Lanning here in the second hour as well, the difference for me, Dirt, and the way I feel how I feel is just as much respect as I do have for Justin Wilcox and what he is defensively, I think he's a, I think he's a damn good coach. I think it's hard to win at Cal, especially when you play more defensive than offensive football. 
think Sonny Dykes model might be a little better suited for Cal. Just he's get a bunch of athletes out, whatever. But the inexcusable one for them is the Colorado. It's, loss. It, you can't be losing everything to else. It's like all right, you lose to the Huskies, you lose to Washington State on right. the road. Like okay, those aren't bad. Notre Dame, remember they lost at Notre Dame. Like those are their other three losses. Those are fine. They were close at Notre Dame too. Like they they got a bogus got call screwed. on them. Yeah. yeah. So I, look, maybe they will keep this a lot closer than I give credit. I just think it's such a different Oregon team with system and certain players playing much better. Bucky Irving and Whittington really weren't involved in this game a year ago. Here they are. They're front and center leading the running back charge. Troy Franklin's an entirely different player at this point. You've got the best offensive line. Your quarterback has massively been upgraded. And so I just kind of look at the offense account and say, if they can't run the football, are they going to pass it? I don't believe they will. And so I think Oregon gears up. Dan Lanning sees the tape and says, let's slow the run down. Jade Knott's a good player. Yeah. But slow the run game down, and there we go. We can pull it away. And I'd always rather have an afternoon game at Cal than a night game. Uh, but that's just kind of how I feel. Maybe I'll be wrong on this. But it is interesting a year ago, or actually not even a year ago, I would say like five months ago, to think about where this whole thing was. As Oregon gets ready to go down to Berkeley dirt, there was an alumni letter with a lot of names attached to it. Notable names. One name that's here every week on the fan. Basically saying, we want an Oregon guy. Yeah. And this was the Oregon guy. The head coach of Cal was the Oregon guy. And many reports are that he turned Oregon down. He said, thanks, but no thanks. I don't want to go to my alma mater. I want to stay here in Berkeley. Now, we've highlighted this many a time, too many times to count. I think there's a lot more that goes into that story than just, hey, you got turned down by Cal's coach. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance there. But, man, think about just everything, the way we viewed this program, your program, five months ago when they were searching for their head coach, or six months, whatever it is now, when they were searching for their head coach. And the famous alums were like, we want one of our own. And the AD said, yeah, I'm going to go get this 30-year-old guy out of Georgia. <laughs> and now where it is right now. It, it was a home run by, by Rob Mullins. And I, I remember talking about that a lot in the offseason. And I, as a duck, could not disagree more with some of the we need to get back to the roots of Oregon stuff. To me... You always look for ways to elevate your your program, right? And always look for ways to push the ball forward and be progressive and settling on a guy. And I, I don't know what Justin Wilcox could do at a place like Oregon because it's the old, you know, he would have better resources and better facilities and he'd have a better recruiting platform and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's also, it, it's also an unknown. Like we did that with Mike Riley for a long time at Oregon State. Like just imagine what this guy could do if he had all the resources in the world and all the money in the world. Imagine how good of a coach he would be. Did he get a completely fair shake at Nebraska? No, but it didn't go great. He had one winning season in three years when he was there. The only pushback on the Riley thing I'll add real quick and doesn't need to be pushback, but I, if he would have left OSU earlier, maybe six, seven years earlier, maybe could have been a different thing at a bigger program, but it wasn't, and here you go. But we did that a lot with him when he was we at OSU. Like, all right, he's, he's overachieving with his what he has to work with and think of what he could do at a, at a higher-profile job. Like, you, you were set up with the talent on your roster, with your recruiting platform, um, being a national brand around the country, right? Like you, you needed to look to take the next step forward, not take the next step back. And to me, Justin Wilcox would have been that move. It would have been the safe hire. And as you pointed out, we talked about it at length. There was a lot of nuance. It wasn't just simply we offered him everything that he wanted in a contract and he turned us down to stay at Cal. There was a lot of nuance there. And it was because Oregon wanted to continue to be on the cutting end of recruiting and NIL and 
all the stuff that is going down. They ended up signing Josh Connolly in the offseason because they gave him a million bucks in an NIL deal. Like, that's the reality of college football. That's the game you have to play. Miami just landed a kid yesterday out of thin air. Nobody thought that he was going to go to Miami. He was a Florida base. He was looking. He probably going to go to Florida. Was Florida, everybody saying. I mean, Florida, Heavy Alabama, Miami Florida. were his three finalists. Everybody thought he was going to sign with Florida. He commits yesterday. Last second, of course, he commits to Miami. What do we think happened there? Right? Like, that's college football. And if you want to be a big boy program, you got to play in that water. And if you're not willing to play in that water, which is everything we heard about Justin Wilcox, he wanted to do things his way, and they were not willing to let him do things his way, that's why the offer was made and he turned it down, was because he didn't get everything he wanted in that offer when, the, when they extended it. But it is amazing the hindsight now when you look back and think, that, what the, would this program be? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know think if they'd be... look like this. That's what I, 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 I don't know that for certain, but my opinion is I don't think they'd look like but this. But there's no indication offensively with Cal that they would look like this. No, not at all. And we don't even know if – well, actually, I will say this. We know they wouldn't have gotten Bo Nix if Wilcox got that job. Yeah, Bo Nix came because of Denny, Kenny Dillingham. He came because of Dillingham, and we'll get to the article coming up, and we'll also hear from Lanning, who was on primetime yesterday before we talk with Brady Henderson. But it wouldn't look like this. I don't know if it'd be 6-1. and one. Maybe it would. Maybe it wouldn't be, but it wouldn't look like this. And I think this is somewhat similar. I think you could use a comp to the Blazers. Now, obviously, Oregon's in a much better successful situation in their sport than the Blazers are in theirs. But what I would say by that is it's just when you watch it, you enjoy it. And sometimes you lose some games. That's going to happen. But I'd rather enjoy watching my team than hate watching my team. Yeah, there was a lot of that the last couple of years. And I, I feel like if Wilcox yes. had his offense, there would, it would be the same thing. If this is the offense, we would have seen what Cal's doing. Like, hey, let's run the football a ton and be play questionable defense. in passing and play defense. Like, that's just such a boring style of football. It might be better suited for his coaching style. But there's no arguing that it's it's been enjoyable. It's been fun. And, you know, I... I guess I would ask all of those alums that wrote that letter, like, are we writing apology letters? <laughs> yeah. Is, like, is, is it okay now? Like, I, I'm kind of just genuinely curious because it is an odd position to take, like, where you say, we want one of our own. They don't get one of your own. They get a guy you don't know. He comes in. He has a bunch of success. And then it's just like, is there any communication after that? Or is it just like, okay, cool, we're winning. Awesome. Go Ducks. Yeah, like somebody texted in, if you're Oregon, the fear is looking for a new coach in two years when Lanning leaves for a different program. Like, that might end up happening, but it also might not. You like, can't live in that you world You can't every live time, in though. a world of fear. And guess what? If he leaves, Oregon's still a good job. Yeah. You can still go get another head coach. Like, this notion that one coach leaving or coming is going to elevate or ruin your program. How, can we get over that at this point? You no, won because with, it's happened too many times in a row for you guys. Well, sure. I don't see, and that to me is that that's uh, 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 I don't even know what the phrase I'm looking for. But you won with Rich Brooks. You went to a Rose Bowl. Yep. You won with Mike Bellotti. You went yes, to the Fiesta Bowl. You won with Chip Kelly. Yes, you, did. you won with Mark Elfridge. Taggart. You wasn't here long enough to win with. But yeah, you won seven and five. Seven and five. I mean, I know it's not I, great. If but. he sticks around and coaches Herbert for two more years with the way the Pac-12 was, would I have been surprised if they went nine and three and like found their way to a conference title? No. With Justin Herbert a quarterback. Not at all. He was only here for one year, though. You won a Rose Bowl with, with Mario Cristobal. Like, you've won with how many coaches in a row? And Dan Lanning clearly is the next guy. If he leaves in two years, it sucks. I want to believe that he's the guy and he's going to be here for a decade. And God, I hope he doesn't have a job in Florida that he's looking for in a year and a half. But if he ends up leaving, you're still a good program. You're still a national brand, and you can go find another coach. I, I would say this to Duck fan is not a, not a Duck fan myself. You gotta stop doing this. Yeah, I don't. You, you yeah. gotta stop going. Well, what if we lose him? Who cares? Who cares? We're not talking about that right now. Go get They're the next six guy. Six and one. They have Cal yeah. this weekend. What are they gonna be as a team this year? I'm not interested in playing the. What if we lose? 
Welcome to major college football. Like this it is, is the what world it you is. live in, man. I, I just why do you go? Why do you need to go there? Why are we talking about losing the coach when you haven't lost the coach? So we'll see what they do this weekend. Interesting to just kind of look back a little bit and say, hey, we want this guy. He's one of us. Yes, I think the listener was saying that was – he was trying to say that was the point of the letter of if we don't get an Oregon guy, they might leave. I would say – that. okay, so to that listener's point, I will say this. The exact same thing to the alums. Yeah. Stop living in this like, what if we lose him? Right. Yeah, well, so what? You had uh, you had one of your own, and you fired him. Mark Helfrich was one of your own, and he was not running the program the way it needed to be run, and you could clearly see the wheels were falling off the car. You ran Bilotti out of the head coaching game to get chip in. You, you did, <laughs> right? On, I mean, like... there was stuff going on behind the scenes there. Like, you've had your own guy, and you've run him out because it wasn't a high enough standard. Like, always look to the future, always try and improve, and deal with the hurdle if it comes down the road. Bo Nix says they would beat Georgia if they played. Ugh. Come on, Let's Bo. talk about that next on the van. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guac? Guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back in. We got Brady Henderson coming up at the bottom of the hour. I want to get to this Dan Lanning cut in just a second. Um... Bo Nix did an interview with uh, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. And uh, Kenny Dillingham's in this article as well. And it basically is about the revival of Bo Nix. And I, I think Bo Nix is one of the better stories in college football. It's a really cool story. I, I know we, we make fun of athletes all the time 
uh, one athlete is being made fun of the most in pro sports right now, and that's the quarterback of the Broncos, who reportedly is going to start in London. That's rad. Cheerio, I'm betting the Jags. Um, but Bo Nix, I think, is a feel-good story because it's so easy to use the last name. Bo Picks! He throws Bo Picks! And Duck Fan wasn't ecstatic about that transfer, and then he has the Georgia game, and it's like, here, see, I didn't want him. Now he's having a dream season, right? Who saw that coming? But he does this interview, and he basically, I, I found this an eye-opening thing. Like, Kenny Dillingham, not Bo, Kenny, Coach Dilly, he basically says what happened to Bo Nix is Auburn's hard. Auburn is a place when you're really good, every single thing you can feel. Every play, there's like a, oh, on every single play. And he thinks what happened was Bo Nix went through a couple different systems and coaches. Three different OCs in three years. And didn't run necessarily the style of football maybe best suited. I thought that was interesting. Dillingham was the OC in name, but he never called plays. And Dillingham says that, like, behind the scenes, him and Bo were talking about how, like, yeah, I don't, can't really call this play. I'd want to call this play for you. And how he had kind of a different vision of what offense was. Chip Kelly, as he mentioned last weekend, is one of his mentors. And so it's a really good article. The one thing, though, that's making the rounds, you know, as at the end, uh, they're talking about the Georgia game. And he said, uh, now, if we played them again tomorrow, the game would be completely different. And everybody knows that. <laughs> and uh, that led to a follow-up from uh, Dennis Dodd. Do you believe Oregon would, would beat Georgia today? Nick's quote, I do. From the first game of the season, a lot of teams get so much better, end quote. That is true. And I've been making this point for your team. You won't because you're a coward, but I've been making this point for your team. It's kind of crazy that I'm the one doing it. You're such a honk, I'm man. I'm such a honk. God, you have no idea. Stop honking it up. But I'm, I'm totally in on self-belief, and yet I'm also like, do we really need to say that you would beat the best team in college football if you played them again after you lost by 40? The response here is, what do you want him to say? Like, if he's asked a question on the record in an interview. Be, be quarterback, cliche. I, I, see, here's the thing is I, I love. Because I thought he was at first. Like, if he, he says if the game was played today, it would be much different. I think we can all agree on that, right? If you play Georgia again, I don't think Oregon loses by 46 points. And it should have been left there. But then Dodd pressed him and said, do you think you could win? He can't, he can't answer that. No. No. See, here's the thing. is <laughs> no, what we I, get our ass kicked again. What I hate about our job, and there's not much, but what I hate about it is I am telling you right now as a sports fan, I Love this stuff. Cam Newton once upon a time sang and doing what he did. And people are like, oh, I can't stand him. And I'm like, I love it. It's confidence in himself. And you don't always get it. The genuine honesty of who somebody is, you don't always get it. You get a lot of boring athletes. I love it. On the other side, though, I go, can you be cliche and answer that question? And go, <laughs> well, I think I'd, I'd feel good about us because you line them up and you never know. Can you be quarterback cliche guy? I love this and I see the other side of it. In the media angle of like, could you be cliche? But I'm glad we didn't cl get cliche, Bo. But the, the the article also points out, I mean, you're just not getting him without Dillingham. No, it was an interesting read. Yeah, he should have just dropped the Ducks country, let's ride, and given a Russell Wilson answer to the question. Winked um, at Dodd and said, Ducks yeah, country, yeah. let's ride. Yeah, I just, um, it, you know, it, it, it was a great read and insightful, and I, we've highlighted it a few times. I'm really happy for Bo Nix because it sounds like he was having no fun at Auburn. And Dodd gets into that where he just he says he was miserable, man. He was worn down. I mean, you, you pointed to the just the added pressure that goes in playing in the state of Alabama when Alabama has it rolling the way that they do. But then you're viewed as you're he was the savior. 
He was the number one quarterback recruit in the country in 2018, 19, whatever year it was. He comes in. He's an Auburn legacy. Like, everybody looked at him and said, go save our football program. Go beat Nick Saban. That's not an easy thing to do, especially for a program that is incredibly dysfunctional. What have they done, you know, this season since he left, right? They're going to fire their coach. They're going to go hire a new coach. Like, it is an absolute dumpster fire down there. And they're a long ways away from being competitive, especially in that division and even in that state. And so I, for him to be able to escape that, get out to the Northwest where people aren't, you know, at least early in the season really paying attention to you and just get back to loving football and playing football. The other part of it, too, is for Kenny Dillingham, the insight that he had of he coached him his freshman year, and that was it. He was with him his freshman year at Auburn. He was his offensive coordinator, and then Dillingham took another job. He left, but he never called plays. But I, he saw something there and felt like he wasn't being used the way that he should be used. And that's a risky move for Dillingham because Lord knows I was against it. The day I found out Bo Nix was transferring to Oregon, I'm sure you can go find the tweet like, great, another quarterback that can't throw the football. Oh, you're pretty, not alone on that, though. I'm pretty sure that was what my tweet was. Dillingham put his neck out. And you know what it might equal for him? It might equal a head coaching job because there's more and more smoke with him and ASU. He's an ASU grad. They're looking for a coach. They you want to said go young. point blank on Monday. I would hire him tomorrow I if, if I, I was Arizona State. If I was State. Arizona that was absolutely where I would go. The guy can recruit. He's shown that. He's shown he's a good offensive mind. He is a good recruiter. Like you, We know that. Like him individually, we know he's killing the The metrics, at least on 24-7, have shown that. He's signed okay. Dante Moore, a five-star quarterback. He's okay. got a five-star wide receiver. I'm, I'm asking, like, I genuinely don't know which coach on the staff is good. And, and like, I have to ask Nemec for those kind of questions. Like, hey, yeah. who's on the staff that's the great recruiter? I think he is. He's smart. He's snarky and funny on Twitter. Like, kids love that the kind of stuff. The offense is pretty damn good, The man. offense is selling itself right now. Like, he put his neck out and said, I believe in yeah. this guy. And it might end up getting him a head coaching job this time. Because if Bo Nix isn't playing like this and he underdelivers or he doesn't come to Oregon, Dillingham's not in the conversation for a, for a head coaching job. That's a good article. Go read it. Uh, Dan Lanning on with Isaac and Suk yesterday. And while half the interview was Halloween-oriented, which I love, I love hearing that stuff, uh, he was asked about the onside kick. And I thought this was an interesting answer. You know, every, every week we look in special teams to see if there's, you know, an advantage somewhere, um, one place or another, where we feel like we can maybe – uh, steal a possession, and that was one that we had identified early in the week. Felt like it might be something that was there, and um, felt like the possessions really mattered in this game. You know, this is one of these games where, you know, normally at the beginning of the game we've deferred and been able to steal a possession there, kind of going in the second half. You feel like you end up with two, especially when you're going to end up, you know, finishing off the first half with the ball and then getting it back in the second half. And we knew, you know, right after the coin toss that we weren't going to be getting the ball uh, in the second half like we had in the past, but we also knew that we had that kind of up our sleeves. So uh, being able to steal that possession allowed us to finish with the ball at the end of the half and score right there before uh, the end of the half and also kind of get a 14-point swing there in the middle of the game. I love it. Uh, I ask you this, and you may not know. Maybe a listener would know. Did okay. Mario ever do anything like that? I don't believe so. And that's that's the kind of stuff I think that's encouraging from just a coaching angle is – we know that that stuff is existing in the analytic department of like, hey, you could steal possessions. That's a thing in football. Especially when you're not going to get the ball coming out of the half. And especially at that point, wake. I know it's early, it's 10 points, but like UCLA's offense was moving. They were scoring, and you want to help your defense, right? You don't want to put them in vulnerable uh, positions. And so I just I, I liked hearing that. Um, and I think that's an encouraging thing just from a coaching angle of a guy that always is kind of looking at, He's forward-thinking in that way. Uh, I like that answer. My point of contention with him, he was asked about Halloween, what he's going to be. He said uh, his wife's always wanted him to be Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't have a six-pack, so he can't be Aladdin. But if he had a six-pack, he'd probably always dress like Aladdin. 
not a dressing up guy. And then Isaac hops in and goes, yeah, I think that's maybe a Midwest thing. I don't get it. It's fun. Come on, dress up. You ever get drunk in a costume? It's absolutely fun. I have a great costume this year. I'm excited about my Halloween party on Saturday. I will not be posting it on social media because some of you are way too triggered with my costume. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. It's it's a little out there, but it's actually pretty funny. Um, But I I love it. I love Halloween. I love dressing up. I think Dan needs to embrace his inner dinosaur. He's lost his dinosaur. He's lost his dinosaur. We need to go find his dinosaur and get that guy a costume for Halloween. What costume do these people have, guys like Isaac, guys like Dan Lanning, that traumatized them to the point where they went, no, I can't do it? Everybody's got a bad costume in their childhood. Everybody's Everybody's got a bad one. I when don't you, have one. Oh, you really? I got a couple that I look back on and I regret. When you see the old family photos, I'm like, really? That's what I, that, what was I thinking there? I walked around in public like that? Uh, you got to go simple. You got to, when you're getting back into costumes, like, go as like a blues brother. Just wear a suit and some sunglasses. Boom. Easy. Everybody's got a black suit. My mom put a trash bag on me one year and called me a bum. <laughs> I have a photo of it. That's a good costume. And she painted a scraggy yeah. beard on my face. You're like Big Pen. It's creative. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. Uh, all right. Well, I think Oregon's going to take care of Cal. You're worried. so I'm always worried. I'm perpetually worried. You are always I worried. I worry about everything. Yeah, you do. It's okay. Uh, we'll get to the National Football League coming up. We got some college football still to talk about outside of Oregon and Cal. But coming up next, let's go to the NFL. Seahawks Giants, the biggest game on the weekend in Seattle. Brady Henderson, ESPN, gives us his thoughts on the Seahawks and that game next on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Friday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Excited to talk to one of our favorites, Brady Henderson. He covers the Seahawks for ESPN at Brady Henderson on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Uh, Brady, good morning to you, man. If I would have told you in August, we'd be interviewing you going into week eight of the NFL season, getting ready for a 6-1 and one New York Giants team, 
first place. No, not first place. They're behind the Eagles, but almost first place. Taking on the first place in the NFC West, Seattle Seahawks at four and three. What would your reaction have been? Um, I would have asked you what you've been drinking, and I would have said I, I want what you're having, probably. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, it, uh, yeah, you could not see this coming, but it's just kind of been the way the NFL has gone this season. There's a lot of things that uh, you couldn't really see coming between Geno Smith's incredible start, the Seahawks and Giants' success, the Buccaneers are uh, really struggling, the Jets are good for the first time in however long it's been. So that's just kind of been the theme of the NFL this year. And, um, yeah, this game, it, it's not only an intriguing game because of the records, but and I know it's also maybe a little early to be talking about, like, playoff implications. But, you know, this is two NFC uh, teams in, in a conference that, you know, there's it's pretty down this year. And so this very much could have a lot of bearing on what happens uh, you know, in, in a couple months from now. I'll try to shorten this, Brady, because I feel like I could talk for 15 straight minutes before you of just, like, how wrong I've been so far, uh, not just with the Giants, but particularly with the Seahawks, because, you know, I, I follow your great coverage, and you see the roster, and you see the quarterback position, and, you know, you see what's been happening the last couple of years with Russ and Schneider and Carroll, and I'm like, yo, I would get rid of Carroll. You're doing a rebuild. He's been really damn good. I mean, this whole season's been a dream I think everybody continues, Brady, to wait for the slipper to kind of fall off the Giants and the Seahawks. I'll ask you this covering the Seahawks. We're, we're still ways away from the playoffs, but are you are you buying them? Are you starting to put yourself in that mindset, barring an injury, of course, and obviously DK's injured right now, but are you yourself kind of starting to talk yourself that, hey, this is this is legitimate, and this is something that you could see reaching the postseason? Yes. Yeah, because mainly because, you know, going into this season, I was pretty – I thought they had a really solid roster around the quarterback. And the big question was going to be, can the quarterback – you know, and at the time I thought, can the quarterback just be like an effective game manager? And if so, you've got enough around him to maybe, you know, be around 500 or something like that. But not only um, are they getting much better than game manager level play from Geno Smith, they're getting – such good play from him that it's you know 500 I mean they could be more than that and obviously when they're four and three um, and finally their defense is starting to round into form I mean this looks like it it could be a a playoff team especially with again just how down the NFC you know and overall is and and how you know nobody looks like they're really in in danger of running away with that division right now and they're in first place and you know the the Rams and the uh, 49ers and the Cardinals all have issues of their own so um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the defense, I, I think you kind of need to maybe see it for one more game, but mm-hmm. it's two straight games where they really look like they know what they're doing and they've got their issues figured out. Uh, going to have a tough challenge this week against a team that, you know, they know is going to want to run the heck out of the ball, but, um, yeah, there's, it's, it's just, it's hard to point to what they're doing as a fluke. I, I think you could say the giants have probably overachieved based on their level of talent. Um, but yeah, I think the Seahawks, it just feels it feels more real based on the team that they have. Yeah, and watching the quarterback play, too, it feels a little more sustainable, right, the way Geno's going instead of Daniel yeah. Jones. And, you know, I, I've heard from Seahawks fans this year, I, part of the reason uh, I didn't give them much of a chance to, to have a great season is because I didn't expect much from their draft class. We just, we've kind of seen Seattle struggle in, in that department, which is funny because they built those Super Bowl teams based on, just incredible drafting prowess. And there's those famous stories of, you know, the D draft grade or whatever it was for all those guys that went on to lead the Legion of Boom. 
how much? I mean, Gino has gotten a lot of credit, and rightfully so, because he's playing great. How much credit do you give their start to just how they've hit on some of these rookies and the impact that the young guys are having right out of the gate? Yeah, it's been a big deal for them. It's it's six of their nine draft picks who are either starting or playing significant roles right now. And in some of those cases, like, you know, or really, I would say most of them, uh, those guys are actually helping them win games. You know, early in the season, you could maybe say, like with Kobe Bryant, for instance, that, you know, they weren't really winning because of him. They were just winning. You know, he he was doing just enough to hold on to that job. And they were kind of working through the growing pains. But Really, like, you know, Boye Mafe, he's playing a lot. Really hasn't made, I would say, like a, a huge impact uh, plays the way that some of the other guys have. But, you know, they're winning because of the rookie tackles. They're winning because of Tariq Mullen and uh, because of Ken Walker. And so um, it's it's not just like those guys are there and just hanging on. Like, they're there and helping them win games. And I think you obviously hit on the draft picks, so that, that's that's part of it. Uh, the opportunity is another one just because this, you know, there were so many openings for those guys to play right, right. in ways that, you know, maybe they haven't had in recent seasons. And um, I, I think part of what you've seen in the past few years is, yeah, they missed on some of those picks, but those guys also just didn't have the same opportunity to play that, uh, that these players do. And I think that you're also getting some really good coaching. And I would really point to the Tariq Woolen uh, as, as a really good example of that. Like, obviously, the, the front office did a, a nice job of finding that player and believing in him. But this is not a guy who was playing like this last year at, at UTSA. And, and, and Pete Carroll has kind of alluded to this. Like, the reason he fell to the fifth round, he obviously had these marvelous physical traits, but he was not playing this way. There was some rough film there. And that's why a guy with you know, that size and speed fell as far as he did. So obviously the Seahawks coaching staff is reaching him in ways that previous coaches did not. Um, and so I think you've got to give some credit to them here as well, especially with the wallet pick. I, I saw your report on DK. We don't know if he's going to play. At least we don't know. What does your gut say? And and what do you just think about the matchup? Because every week the giant thing seems to be, well, they, they can't really pass the football. And then they come back and they end up winning <laughs> And so I'd imagine Seahawks fan is nervous as all hell despite this game being played in Seattle. Uh, what do you think about the matchup and DK status? My gut is not always right, but my gut tells me that they're going to rest him at least one week. And um, I know it's not totally unheard of for a guy to not practice and then end up playing. Tyler Lockett did it last week, but this just seems like a, a more severe injury. Tyler Lockett's got a, a bum hamstring, which, you know, depending on how severe it is, you could play through that. This I just this seems like an issue that they do not want to have linger or get worse with DK. So my my gut is that they're going to give him at least one week off. Um, and then in terms of the matchup, you know I I still think that even without DK that this is a game the Seahawks I don't know if maybe should win, but definitely um, should not be impossible for them. I mean the Giants they pose a really strong threat with running the ball and Saquon Barkley it looks like he's back to form. And, you know, they've also got a quarterback who can make do some damage with his legs. And they have struggled against, you know, mobile quarterbacks, whether it was Taysom Hill or uh, Marcus Mariota to a lesser extent. Uh, Kyler Murray a couple weeks ago, even when they had that really good game against Arizona, I think he still ran for 100 yards. And so, uh, but that said, this is a Giants offense that is very limited outside of Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones' legs. They've got you know, a journeyman named Marcus Johnson starting for them at wide receiver. They don't have Kadarius Toney. Uh, so the weaponry is, is not all that strong, and you really know exactly how they're going to try to beat you 
And I think that's really the only way that they can beat the Seahawks. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh. My, oh, good one. Um, Mr. Goodbar. I know that's kind of a, a deep cut in the candy game. I love but, a Mr. Uh, Mr. Goodbar. Goodbar. Yeah. You know, I love that we asked you all these football questions, and the first one you go, oh, good question, is a candy <laughs> question. Like, okay, I, I, guess, I guess I'll was, rewrite football questions. <laughs> well, it was implied that the football questions were good ones. But Brady, the, you, you just stumped me in ways that you didn't with the football ones. <laughs> uh, I guess it's kind of a weird two-parter, but I know we're against it here. Uh, one, are you pro or anti-costume guy for Halloween if you're partaking in a, a party or whatever? And then – do you expect the Seahawks to make make a move at all for the trade? We've seen some trades go down. You mentioned Kadarius Toney, who's now in Kansas City. Um, we've seen Robert Quinn go to the Eagles. Do you expect the Seahawks to be involved in anything? Are they buying in on this team, I guess is what I'm asking. That's a great two-parter. Um, Ooh, I, I nice. don't know. I haven't heard anything in terms of, of what specifically they're looking for. I would imagine that maybe some linebacker help uh, could be one of them. I think that any trade that they do – if it's a guy who's making any sort of money, I really think that they would have to either as part of that deal or as part of another deal, send Sidney Jones away. And that would be not so much about whatever draft pick you get back. Cause it probably wouldn't be more than a late round pick, but they they're up against the cap enough to where they would probably need the salary relief uh, by trading away Jones and getting rid of that guaranteed uh, money that he's making. And so um, I could see them being players just because they've got all that extra draft capital, two ones, Two twos, an extra fifth rounder next year as well. So they're pretty loaded draft capital wise. Um, in terms of costumes, uh, I I look, I'm all for it. I just you got to give me like time to get this costume and to you know try it on and everything. Like it's just hard. Uh, it, it's been hard. Like I, I don't really have a whole lot of costumes laying around to where I could just cobble together. I do have a really good Hulk Hogan costume that's sort of been my <laughs> go-to for the past seven or eight years. Hell yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> That's right. Say your prayers and eat your vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you just put glasses on and some AirPods and call yourself Mr. Unlimited. That'd be an easy costume. Yeah, that'd be a good look. Do some high knees. That would be. <laughs> high yeah, high knees. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brady Henderson, we always enjoyed as a Seahawks reporter for ESPN. Go check him out on Twitter, at Brady Henderson, for his latest work. I hope Boat Life is treating you well. We always appreciate the time, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, man. Okay, fellas. Thank you. See you. There you go. Brady Henderson of ESPN. I love getting sports people on and you ask about sports for 10 minutes and you go, hey, what's your favorite candy? Like, oh, that's a great question. That's a great... These guys talk about the NFL nonstop. I, I know. And they I, know. Lo- I think they love an opportunity to get one of those of like, let me talk about something else. Yeah. So there you go. I wanted to ask a Russ question, but like, I don't know. I feel like he kind of say the same thing I'm thinking. Like at this point, it's they're feeling great, man. Well, they're feeling great. Also, it's just kind of reaching sad. Yeah. It's, it's just reaching sad levels of a guy trying so hard and it being so obvious that he's trying hard and everybody's laughing at him now. Well, let's get to the NFL. You mentioned a trade going down. There's a big-time injury also. When it rains, it pours. That is next on The Family. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We spent a lot of time looking at wide receivers in the NFL, and a couple of them are in the news yesterday. Curious if these are big deals, no deals, little deals, minor deals. How do we feel about these deals? We'll start with Kadarius Toney, who got traded from the Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs for a third-round draft pick. Everybody made the immediate connection. (gasps) They got the next Tyreek Hill. Well, they already have the next Tyreek Hill. I forget how you say his name, but he wears Pacheco. Pacheco, he wears number 10. He's their kick returner. They've, they found ways to get him the ball in some spots and give him some space to run. Um, I loved this move. And, uh, yeah, real original takes break. Everybody else said it. How do you not, though? You give him a third-round pick yeah. on a team that's ready to win now. The like, guy's got three years left on his rookie deal or he two ran years a left. four three nine forty. So, yeah, you just added more speed to your already pretty decent arsenal of a team that lost one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, I love this. I thought it was a smart move for them. He's been really troubled in New York. It's not been a great, it wasn't a good kind of fit for him. And, you know, Gettleman took him and then it instantly didn't work with the coaching staff. He reportedly, there were problems between him and, and Dayball and, you know, they were using him and they're not using him. And so some guys don't, they have attitude problems and they need a new refresher. I can't think of a best, better place for him than going to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Eric Bieniemy. This was a smart move by the Chiefs. Especially after they rebuilt their draft capital a little bit in the Tyreek Hill trade. So you got some more picks to play with. You go get a weapon. If he's healthy, that's great. It's an added bonus. If not, you're already an elite offense. It's just like it's it's an opportunity for the rich to get richer. You know my stance on draft picks. I think they're obviously worth a lot of value. But if I told you you got a guy who could catch and run a 4-3-9 in the third round of the draft, I, I, I would take that. And yeah, I think Chief would, yeah. Fan would. And that's how you have to view this. You you don't have a third-round pick, but you just got a third-round pick, and this is the guy you got him for. Well, the other big one yesterday was the news out of Cincinnati, and this is this is interesting because the Bengals, it feels like, I, I have been a heavy Bengals better this year, and it bit me a couple times early. They got off to a slow start. It feels like they're finding their groove, though, does it not? I mean, they go into New Orleans, they get a win, they come home. I mean, the offense was nearly unstoppable against Atlanta, and I know Atlanta doesn't have the best defense, but Burrow throws for almost 400 yards in the first half. The, the, the main reason for their offense clicking is, one, the offensive line has gelled a little bit, and they're playing with more continuity. But other than that, I mean, it's Jamar Chase is an incredible weapon, and he's been unstoppable. Well, now you find out he's going to be out four to six weeks. He got hurt, evidently, in the New Orleans game. I don't really remember that, but he, he came up kind of injured in that game. He decided to play through it last week, and at one point near the end of the game, he kind of pulled up at the end of the route, didn't talk about it all week. He was listed on the injury report as a hip issue, and then you find out yesterday he's going to miss four to six weeks because of a hip injury. They already have a head-to-head loss against Baltimore. Baltimore's schedule over the next month or so is incredibly manageable. They got, I think, a, a Carolina or New Orleans coming up and a bye, and then so it's just a very easy schedule ahead for Baltimore, and Cincinnati's now going to be without their biggest weapon for potentially six weeks. Side note, did you see Lamar signed a sign? In I did see that Tampa last night that said pay yeah. him Ravens pay him now yeah. pay the man what are and we he, doing he took the sign down and he signed it and gave it back to him I I love that um you know big loss <laughs> it's, I mean it's a fairly obvious thing to say because it's Jamar Chase but 
The one thing I think Cincinnati has is they're starting to kind of find a groove here. I, I still not sure of how much I'm buying the offensive line. Atlanta's pass rush, one of the reasons I think we liked that game, Atlanta's pass rush is awful. So it was kind of like a good matchup for them. We'll see what they are in the coming weeks because if the pass rush is contained and their offensive line is a little more manageable in pass blocking, Cincinnati can roll okay. They still got T. Higgins. You still got Boyd. Like, you still got tight ends. You still got Mixon. They can be fine. Yeah. We have to go look at some of the metrics for their upcoming opponents and where they rank in pass rush. But if your pass blocking is good, then I think they're going to be able to manage this for four to six weeks. It is a brutal blow, though, because you're taking away your best weapon. Their next one is uh, Monday night against the Browns in Cleveland. And the Browns have some pretty formidable Miles pass rushers healthy. there. Absolutely. Uh, and it's in Cleveland. The weather's supposed to be a little wonky. So, yeah, we'll see. But I'm with you. It feels like Cincinnati, especially in the New Orleans game, they had to come back in that one, and then they pulled away. Um, taking care of business against Atlanta, who everybody loved Atlanta because they were covering every number. Mm-hmm. I thought the last couple of weeks was a real confidence builder. It's just a matter of you keep Joe Burrow in the pocket upright and give him a couple seconds. He can pick you apart, I think, with a couple yeah. guys. Because even last week, Chase was kind of in and out. Uh, and I remember watching that game thinking, oh, no, how hurt is he? And you come to find out four to six weeks. First two games all year, Cincinnati, their last two games that they've gone over 30 points. Yeah. Scored 30 in New Orleans, 35 this last week against Atlanta. And now we'll see what they can do without Jamar Chase. I didn't get to the other NFL story there that needs to be talked about because I feel like Tom Brady's starring in a country song right now. So we'll kick out the final hour with that, what we saw on Thursday Night Football. We haven't talked about that game at all yet, the Bucks and the Ravens. Uh, we'll get to Spring in the Line coming up at 8.30. So get your fake sponsors in, 503-250-1080. We got some gambling to do. We had Kevin Todd on earlier. He made his picks. I got a couple more thoughts on Oregon and Cal this weekend, plus the rest of the college football slate. A couple of upset traps potentially out there for teams ranked uh, in the top 10. It is a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Drip Spring on 1080. The- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.